Hello and welcome to the May 2019 episode of the MDS podcast, the podcast channel of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. I am Michele Matarazzo from the University of British Columbia, Vancouver. Before we introduce our guest today, I would like to remind you that the podcast is available online in the webpage of the Movement Disorder Society and also on iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher and other podcast platforms. Subscribe to our channel to get the latest updates in our field and to listen to monthly interviews on articles published in the journals of the society. Today we are going to discuss a paper that was published in the May 2019 issue of the Movement Disorder Journal titled Four-Year Follow-Up Results of Magnetic Resonance Guided Focused Ultrasound Thalamotomy for Essential Tremor. We have the pleasure to have with us Dr. Jin Wu Chang, who is the senior author of this very interesting article. Hello, Jinwoo, and thank you for joining us today. Hi. Dr. Chang is a neurosurgeon from the Brain Research Institute of the Yonsei University College of Medicine in Seoul, Korea. He is also the president-elect of the World Society for Stereotactic and Functional Neurosurgery. And I was actually thinking that today it is the first time that we have a guest joining us from Asia and the first time that our guest is a neurosurgeon. And also it is the first podcast that we will focus on the most common movement disorder, which is essential tremor. So a lot of first times for this episode. Let's start with some background. Essential tremor is a very common disorder characterized mainly by postural and kinetic tremor, mostly in the upper limbs. Even though for many years it has been defined benign essential tremor, this disease can actually have a huge impact on the quality of life and can be very disabling in some cases. I am sure that most of our listeners are familiar with the most common therapeutic options for essential tremor, and I actually recommend to read the very recent MDS evidence-based review for, of treatments for essential tremor, which is available online in the early view section of the journal. We also know that despite these options, a percentage of people do not have a significant response to medication, or in some occasions they cannot tolerate the drugs for their side effects. Now can you tell us a bit about the response to medication? According to previous literature and in your own experience, how many people with essential tremor will need to undergo other more invasive procedures? And also what possible options do we have? Yeah, as you mentioned, the, the most patient with essential tremor will respond to medication at least some degrees. And uh, the typically the beta broker or the, the premedons are commonly used in our clinical practice. However, as you, we all recognize these drugs also have reported side effect in certain number of the patients and care should be taken for their prescriptions. Another downside of the pharmaceutical uh, measures is sometimes the degree of the response is not sufficiently satisfactory for the patient's job or activity of their living. Especially the patient with relatively severe tremors were usually not satisfied with their medications. So I'm performing in babies procedures such as deep brain stimulations or MR guide focus on the surgery for patients who face difficulties in their job or ADR, even with their medications. And uh, I would like to emphasize that I'm not doing these invasive procedures for patients with less severe tremors. 
Only those who have severe conditions and not satisfied with the medication-based treatments will need to undergo these invasive procedures. So currently, I'm, I'm trying to apply amargide focus ultrasound the first hand for patients with essential tremor because of the its safety. However, the, because of the issue of the skull density lasers, so-called STR, especially for Korean and Asians and the other factors, about one-third of the patients in our cities were excluded and eventually underwent deep brain stimulation or gamma knife laser surgery. I also would like to add, uh, even though the procedures of MRGUIDE focus or sound surgery is really minimally invasive, it may still lead to complications such as breathing, gait, or the balance issues. So the practitioners should take all of these factors into consideration in ultimately choosing the optimal treatment for the patient. Thank you for helping us to understand a bit more the current scenario of the invasive therapies for essential tremor. So your article is about the most recent method that has been introduced, which is the MR-guided focused ultrasound, or FUS. We started to have some data about the MR-guided FUS in 2013 with the papers published in the New England Journal of Medicine and in the Lancet Neurology. Since then, this technique has gained momentum and it has spread all over the world. The double-blind randomized sham control clinical trial published in 2016 was a very important paper to provide scientific evidence to the efficacy of this procedure, but the follow-up was just 12 months. Your study is an open-label extension that assesses the efficacy of this technique after 4 years on 12 patients. Before we actually enter into the details of the results, as probably many people is not familiar with how it works, could you explain our audience step-by-step step how a typical procedure of MR-guided FAS would be? Yes, uh, I started the first clinical trial of the MR-guided focus sound the surgery for essential tremor from the end of the 2012. And uh, I was the senior and last author of the NEJM papers uh, as you mentioned, the one year follow-up RCT trial of the essential tremor. And my team further analyzed the result of this RCT trial and published the two years follow-up result in the Annals of Neurology last year. And this four years uh, open-label outcome result from the further extension of the, my own research for this previous article published in NEJM and Annals of Neurology. As you may know, the, the, for the RC trial, a total of 76 patients enrolled, and among these 76 recruit patients, 15 patients were my patients. And for this, in the uh, four-year data, I further analyzed the, uh, the result of these 15 patients. MR guide focal sound is uh, very similar with other typical Stratectic and functional neurosurgical procedures. Most important thing is the, um, the finding the optimal candidate of the surgery. We evaluate uh, the eligibility of the surgery by measuring the, uh, the fundamental scores, the CRT scores, as well as the, the patient general conditions. Thus, all patients 
should be should have severe tremor and also be refractory with LS2 medications. And once we confirmed optimal candidates, before the check, skull density ratio of the patients with a CT scan, usually we select a patient with 0.45 or more. This is very important you know, to have you know, the successful outcome with MRI focal sound surgery. Then we also evaluate the brain condition with MRI and select final candidates. This procedure is quite standardized procedures. The briefly, patient were placed in the stratectic frame with has a screws and also the coupled with MR compatible ultrasound transducers. After checking the target by using the MRI, we are finding target and deliver the ultrasound energies to make a thermal abrasion in the target. And each, during each sonications, we also monitor the patient condition as well as in the size of region, as well as the location of the lesion. Well, thank you. This was very helpful to understand how the procedure really works. So it seems like the selection is one of the main parts. And not only you have to select patients based on the clinical uh, manifestations of the disease and the response to medication, but you have also to keep in mind some more technical issues such as the, the skull density ratio. Now, can you summarize the results of your study? Yeah, interestingly, the, the, uh, I, I didn't recognize that our result is really long-term follow-up results, and we, uh, we found that the patient has sustained in the clinical benefit with you know, the very minor or transient side effect. So looking carefully at the results, uh, as you were saying, it does seem that the improvements achieved after the procedure, they are maintained over time at six months, one year, two years, three years, and the four years follow-up. Even though the highest improvement for most outcomes was at six months, there was no statistical significant change of the main results during the follow-up period. One thing that changed over time though was the presence of adverse effects. Obviously when it comes to invasive approaches and lesioning, adverse events is a serious concern. I have noticed that adverse events in your sample was strikingly low compared with the previous literature, with no adverse effects at the four-year follow-up. Can you tell us what are the most common side effects and why do you think you had such a low adverse effect rate? Yeah, this is very important things, and I, I think that it's partly because of the my previous experience of the radio frequency thalamotomy for patients with essential tremor and Parkinson disease. And I think uh, the region size as well as the locations are very important, not only for the successful outcome, but also to reduce the complication of the procedures. I closely monitored the patient condition as well as the side effects and was trying to increase the size of the thermal lesion when the focus was sound, the procedures. This is very uh, say, uh, similar procedures of the my previous experience with uh, radio frequency And also we were attempting to ensure the complete abolition of tumor tremor during the procedures, or also do we wanna uh, see the patient complain 
of the minor sensory change of the face of the tongue. That is also very important in the, the, uh, the sign of the successful outcome. It means that we, we just want to touch the, you know, the border of the uh, sensory thalamus, and also we don't want to touch the, the border of the internal capsule. All right, so you can monitor the side effects during the procedures, and so it really seems that it is overall a safe technique. And maybe we could even get better in the future as the technology improves. I guess that the adverse effects profile is a very important thing to keep in mind also when we are choosing which approach is better for each singular case. In the last part of the article you described the differences between MR-guided FAS and other advanced techniques for essential tremor. Could you summarize them briefly for our listeners and, more importantly, do you think there is a clear winner between these techniques? It's quite difficult. You know, there are several you know, surgical techniques for controlling tremor of the patient with essential tremor. A radiofrequency thalamotomy technique was developed in early 1970s and very effective to control the tremor of the patient. However, sometimes it eventually carry on the complication along with open surgery, like bleeding. The deep brain stimulation technique is relatively safe and also very effective with low incidence of complication. However, it also accompanying side effect related with the, the device. The gamma knife laser surgery seems to be ideal because of the non invasiveness and very simple technologies. However, it also has a fundamental limitation of the making an optimal and exact region in the target of the brain. Furthermore, even though the instance of radiation is complication is not common, but can be very fatal. At this moment, I don't think that I don't want to exaggerate the MR-guided focal sound is the winner of the essential tremor surgical procedures. Of course, I don't think that different stipulation is the winner. I don't perceive these surgical procedures as competing against each other. Rather, surgeons can select the optimal procedures based on the patient condition and also can combine these procedures if necessary. So I think that the key message here is that despite advances of new technology, there is no one size fits all and we still have to carefully select patients on a case-by-case basis. Now, what is your, what is your opinion on unilateral versus bilateral procedures? Yeah, right. That is also the very important topic. You know, the, even though the, the radio frequency in the thalamotomy was prohibited to do the bilateral procedures, but you know, some groups are still performing the bilateral procedures. But the most important in this, in this thing is the side effect after the bilateral reasoning. Uh, our team also want to do the, you know, the bilateral you know, procedures in a certain number of the uh, the patient in the futures, but at this moment, the only concern is you know, the, the bilateral procedures with the DBS also make some uh, speech problems or other in the side effect. So we need to be very cautious about making bilateral procedures. But in the majority of the patient with essential tremor, by performing the unilateral procedures, they are satisfying and they are, uh, they can do their job again and they can do uh, they are ADL without making any problem. Thank you. What are the next steps 
in matter of research for MR-guided FAS. Maybe other targets that have been studied and may have similar results to ventral intermediate nucleus of the thalamus. Uh, do you think there is any way we can improve the target selection? Or in other words, what should we expect to see in the future? Yeah, right. That, that is also very important the things. You know, the, uh, we do better make you know, the better, you know, the, the, the focusing uh, in the brain with focus of sound and also the if we make a more solid lesion in the brain, we can have you know the more beneficial effect for the patient. So I will start you know, the on autofocusing studies within a couple of months for patients by the support of the the company who developed uh, this device. And also the uh, the aim of this autofocusing study is to achieve, as I mentioned, the more solid and prominent lesion at an accurate location in the thalamus. Thank you very much. Do you want to share anything else with our listeners? Thank you for inviting me to this podcast. I hope in many uh, neurologists and functional neurosurgeons around the world can apply this new surgical technique in their clinical practice. Well, thank you again, Jin Wu, for taking the time of being with us today. And thank you all for listening.